Welcome to the Portland Pentecostals podcast. We're happy you've decided to join us as we build a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. Enjoy the message. I'm thankful for the presence of Jesus in this place today. Hallelujah. I think that it's in order to always give worship and honor and praise to Jesus Christ. And there's something about that that allows him to come into this place and have the authority that he already has earned. But that we would acquiesce our will, our plans, our design, our desires to God's authority and let him do what he wants in our lives. I'm going to be reading today from the book of Leviticus. chapter number 6, and then we're going to read one verse in Luke chapter number 3 in the New Testament. I, um, the Old Testament is not a stranger to our congregation because we know that God laid a foundation in the Old Testament that applies to the New Testament as well, and I pray that the Lord would allow my words to be His in a way that unveils that in a new light today. Leviticus chapter number 6, this is God speaking instruction to Moses about the, the, the worship of his name, about all of the the format that God expected and designed for humanity to uh, come into alignment with so that uh, the barriers between man and God could be broken down and there could be made room for God to be who he intended to be in humanity's life. Verse number 8 of Leviticus 6, Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Command Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. The burnt offering shall be on the hearth upon the altar all night until morning. And the fire of the altar shall keep burning on it. And the priest shall put on his linen garment and his linen trousers. He shall put on his body and take up the ashes of the burnt offering which the fire has consumed on the altar. And he shall put them beside the altar. Then he shall take off his garments and put on other garments and carry the ashes outside the camp to a clean place. This is a key right here. Uh, And the fire on the altar shall keep burning on it. It shall not be put out. The priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order on it. And he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. A fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. Luke chapter number 3 and verse 16, John answered it saying, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Lord Jesus, 
I'm so thankful that you, oh God, are the solution to the heart's condition. And I'm asking, Lord, that your word and your spirit would give witness of your word, Lord God. And that the fire of your spirit would become, oh God, impacting on our congregation today. We invite your spirit to burn brightly in our hearts. We invite, oh God, your word to speak and to shake the very foundations of anything carnal in us, anything, oh God, in us that divides us from the free flow of your spirit. We're asking in the name of Jesus. We bless your name and we exalt you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Would you clap your hands one more time to Jesus, the one who's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want to preach today on this thought, the first fire. You can be seated. The first fire. We opened with this uh, this instruction by God to the people of Israel. And uh, just uh, to help give some perspective uh, to all of this, uh, it's very important for us to understand that God is uh, very interested in my life, in your life. And God is accommodating uh, you and I in our sin to a degree. But uh, the truth is when you look at God's character and you look at the way God dealt with man from the very beginning. Uh, he did not bend his righteousness uh, for our sake. He did not bend his holiness uh, for our sake, but rather uh, we're thankful like the song we sang uh, that God made a way uh, that we could be made holy to come to him. He did not intend uh, for us to just stay in our rags of sin uh, and say it's okay, but he did something far greater uh, by his grace uh, that he intends to reach into humanity uh, and look at us in our sin uh, and not ignore our sin uh, but rather apply uh, the righteousness uh, of Christ Jesus uh, to my life and your life uh, to cleanse us by his blood from our sins uh, so that we can be brought into his presence uh, as we read here uh, we're finding this is the very beginning of, of the covenant uh, of the Old Testament the covenant of Moses uh, that God is reaching to the nation of Israel uh, and he's saying listen I want uh, to be your God and I want to dwell in the middle of my people uh, and I will I have begun to lead you uh, through the wilderness by the cloud uh, by day and the fire by night uh, but I'm here to give you uh, instructions uh, how to come into my presence uh, how to worship me in a way that brings me into the middle of your nation into the middle of your everyday is only comes to pass if you allow me to give you a pathway to come to me in worship and so he gives the instruction that Leviticus is very detailed and overwhelming and we don't preach out of it a lot because there's just so much there but we it's applicable today and we're going to get there but he gives instruction 
And he tells them uh, that there's an altar of sacrifice uh, that must be built uh, and is in the, the tabernacle of God. And when the, the people of God want to come before God and, the, and, and daily even the priests to represent them to God, uh, that the first thing they must do when they enter into a relationship with God and into a worship of God and into interaction with God uh, is they must uh, bring a sacrifice and lay it on the altar. A sacrifice of sin offering. There were sacrifices of peace offerings. All of these offerings that were recognizing that God, what I have is not mine. And if I give to you what I have and the best of me, that God, you will do the part I cannot do in atoning my sin, taking care of my issues and speaking by your spirit into our lives as the people of God. And so they were instructed to place these the, 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 the sacrifice on the altar and it would be burned before God to give it to God. The truth is, is that God he tells himself to be a consuming fire in Deuteronomy. He says our, Moses says our God is a consuming fire you see so throughout the scripture God is he manifests himself through the fire think of Moses as he's in the wilderness as most of us know and, and God is recognizing or it's he's hearing the cry of the people of Israel in Egypt and he says it's time and I'm going to call a man named Moses and as Moses is in the wilderness he sees a bush on fire but it's not being consumed but there's fire and, 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 and Moses turns aside to see what's going on and God speaks to him from out of the fire and says take your shoes off your feet because you're walking on holy ground I want to separate you to myself but I am a consuming fire I'm a fire that changes things and takes out of this world what ought not be but all of this is a pathway and God is saying here where we begin he says the fire on that altar can never go out never go out so everything, just to explain, just enough to get us by, because it's very intricate and it's not, it's just, we don't have the time for it. But everything that the priest did in the tabernacle of God, everything that was involved in their communication with God and their worship with God, and in the process of God taking care of the sin issue in their life, was linked to, to that fire on that altar uh, at the beginning uh, at that that altar uh, that th that they would bring sacrifice to uh, from that altar they would take the coals of the fire of that altar uh, and they would use that fire to light the incense inside the holy place uh, to bring worship and sweet perfume uh, to God it was that fire on that altar that first altar uh, that would be used to light the candlesticks in the, uh, in the holy place of God so that they could see what they were doing and that they could participate in relationship with God. So everything
king was all about that fire that was on that altar. And God said, don't ever let the fire on that altar go out. It's got to be eternally lit because you need the fire from that altar in order for you to have relationship with me. And, and this is where uh, 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 let's bring this for a moment uh, the truth is though is that fire was not just any fire uh, that fire uh, was not a, a fire that they lit uh, because in, uh, in uh, Leviticus chapter number 9 further on uh, they finally come into this tabernacle for the first time uh, and they are getting ready uh, to do what God called them to do in worship and in verse number 22 of chapter 9 Aaron lifted his hand toward the people he blessed them and came down from the offering the, from offering the sin offering the burnt offering and the peace offering and Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of meeting and came out and blessed the people then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people and fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. When all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. You see, that fire was fire lit by God himself. The man Moses came and offered these sacrifices and placed them on the altar to say God what you require and what you request of us we give it to you freely we give it to you in obedience we give you peace offerings in worship and thanksgiving and they laid it before God but God himself by his own fire consumed that uh, that sacrifice that very first sacrifice on that altar was not lit by fire and matches of course we know they didn't have them it wasn't lit by the flint and the stone of an individual but the very presence of God came down and he lit the fire on that altar that was to never go out and the fire on that altar is the fire that was burning as they went through the wilderness it was the same fire that was burning when they went into the promises of God in Canaan's land it was the very same fire that was burning and when they made the new temple that Solomon dedicated to God he put the altar together and he put the sacrifice on it and once more he had to allow God to light a fire and you'll find in the scripture that in the Chronicles that God by his own fire consumed the sacrifice on the altar in the new temple why? I'm here to tell you that we need the fire of God. I'm going to get there and I don't mind saying it up front. We need the fire of the Holy Spirit in this last hour. The church of the living God. The sinner and the saint alike. We have got to have fire on the altar of our lives. There has to be a burning of the power of God on our lives. But we do not need just 
just any fire. We need the first fire. We need the first fire that is only lit by God himself. I'm here to tell you today that I am not satisfied with man's passion. I'm not satisfied with the compassion that comes from within me that drives me to worship God. It drives me to become involved in what God is wanting to do in the earth. I'm not satisfied by by ambition that rises in me to see something great that I would it would be what fuels the way that I interact with people and the way I carry the gospel and the way that I worship God but there's got to be something more than that I have got to have the first fire I don't want my fire I want God's fire in my life I need the spirit of God burning in me that does not come from man that does not come from my own human drive but we have got to have God himself light a fire inside of our souls we have got to have the first fire of God to fall on us as believers and if only then can the fire of God begin to fall on our on our world that has never tasted of Jesus Christ I've got to have the first fire I'm not satisfied uh, with anything less uh, than the first fire. It was the first fire that was burning on that altar. That's the kind of fire that is referred to in Isaiah chapter 6. That the angel of God took a coal from that first fire and touched the lips of a man who was unclean and self-proclaimed to be a man of unclean lips in the middle of a people with unclean lips. And he said, woe is me. But that angel took some of the fire from that first fire. And he touched the lips of Isaiah in chapter number 6. And it purged him. And God said, you're clean now. Now you're purified. Why? Because God's fire touched his life. I need the first fire in my life. I need the first fire burning inside of me. In Hebrews chapter number 8 verses 5 through 6 we see very clearly that the the apostles link the New Testament to the Old Testament and in verse number 5 it says who serve. It's speaking of that tabernacle. It's speaking of all of the worship the altars of sacrifice all of the all of the all of the offerings all of the all of the the routines that the priests went through were a copy and a shadow of, of heavenly things as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle for he God said see that you make all things according to the pattern show you on the mountain but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry in as much as he is also mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises 
The writer is saying everything in that Old Testament was very important to Moses. But we as believers must understand that it was showing what is happening in the heavenly realm. What's happening in the spirit realm. What's happening in the throne room of heaven where God himself seats. And he's saying that when Jesus came, he brings a new covenant. But the new covenant is a reflection or is the reality uh, would be a better way a reality of what the Old Testament uh, was pointing to uh, and so we've got to understand uh, that God uh, is looking uh, for an altar uh, in our lives he's looking for our lives uh, to be an altar to him uh, to say God uh, what do you want from me what is your plans for me when you look at the when you look at Jesus and all of his teachings in the New Testament in the gospels you find the kingdom of heaven being preached and taught through Jesus Christ and and if we will take all of that in its entirety it is completely transformational it's completely changing the paradigm of what our world's values are and what we as humanity think is important and our normal way of dealing with the issues of life the kingdom of God is completely at odds with my own natural inclinations it's completely at odds with the society that we live in over the last 2,000 years it doesn't matter what society rose and fell they were at odds with the kingdom of God they needed the kingdom's values implanted in them but there was something that had to happen for it to really come to pass just linking back there again so all of the I don't want to take too much time but quickly so in the Old Testament when they would offer that sacrifice it was a way of atoning for sin and giving reminding them that there was a death as a result of sin and God only you can handle our sin issue and then they would enter in and they would wash themselves they would be cleaned at that brazen labor and then they would go into the whole place and the fire from that altar was what had started the oil on fire on that candlestick so that they could enter in and they could see and they could pray before God and they could partake in the bread that was on that table of showbread the bread of life as it were the sustenance they needed it was only the fire from that altar outside that gave them the ability to burn incense before God and worship Him and pray intercessory prayers. God forgive our land. God forgive us our trespasses God. It was only through that that they could get into the holiest of holies and when they were ushered into the holiest of holies the blood would be sprinkled on that mercy seat and there would be redemption for that year. But all of that was it was necessary 
necessary uh, that the fire that only God had lit uh, was lit or none of it would happen in their lives. And I'm here to tell you uh, that everything that is taught in the Word of God, uh, every uh, mandate uh, to love your enemies and do good to them that hate you, uh, every uh, one that says, uh, he that uh, findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. Uh, every commandment that says uh, that uh, a good tree uh, can only give good fruit, and an evil tree can only give evil fruit. Uh, and down the line, I could not uh, begin to discuss it all today, uh, but everything that God is asking of you, uh, everything that God is promising uh, to change in your life, uh, all the mercy that is available because of Jesus Christ. Uh, every uh, every uh, uh, healing uh, for the body, uh, every healing for the soul and the mind, uh, it, is all, uh, it is all predicated on uh, the altar of sacrifice uh, that was lit uh, by God himself. And I'm here to tell you uh, that so often uh, as believers, uh, we can get to where we're trying uh, to align with God's plans uh, and we're trying to, to move forward uh, in bringing the kingdom to the world and yet we don't allow the fire the first fire of God to be burning in our hearts and so we're being fueled by our own greed or our own selfishness or our own ideas our own human reasoning I'm here to tell you that there's something greater that God has for the church oh Jesus there's been a burning in me for over a week and a half to stand here and say what I'm saying today. And I'm asking God that something would change and shift in us. I'm not here to say that the fire of God has gone out. But I am here to admonish us that we must never let the fire go out. And if you've never allowed the fire of God to be ignited in you, I'm here to tell you you, you need the first yeah. fire. Yes. So what is the first fire? It's the fire of God's spirit in our lives. In Acts chapter number 2 and verse number 1 through 4, we find, we, we, we know the, the scripture, we read it so often. Acts chapter number 1 and 8 is not on the screen where Jesus said, Wait for the promise of God that you shall be endued with power from on high after the Holy Ghost has come on you. That Jesus said, Listen, I've taught you my kingdom for three and a half years I have brought to pass the kingdom through my death burial and resurrection and I'm here now to tell you now it's your turn to allow the kingdom to be advanced in you and through you and the only way is if my fire falls on you so go to Jerusalem and wait for my promise of the spirit and in Acts chapter 2 verse 1 when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and there appeared 
appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and it sat on each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The fire of God fell in Acts chapter number 2 to begin a new covenant, a new relationship with mankind where the soul and the body and the mind are transformed by the power of the fire of the Spirit of God. I'm so thankful for the fire of a Pentecost that fell 2,000 years ago. We need the first fire in our lives as the crowds begin to clamor and they said, what does this mean? Peter preached Jesus. <laughs> he preached that this was a promise of the outpouring of the Spirit and there would be signs and wonders in the heavens above. He preached that Jesus Christ had been crucified and rose the third day from the grave and that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the crowd said, what shall we do? You're saying that this is the fire of the Spirit of God and this is the new covenant of God and you're saying that Jesus died and rose the third day with atonement for our sins and you're saying if we'll call on the name of the Lord we'll be saved what shall we do and in Acts 2 and 38 then Peter said let every one of you be baptized repent let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is to you to your children and to all who are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call Hallelujah. I'm not apologizing, but I must speak clearly today that we quote Acts 2.38 very often in this congregation. Why? Because participation in the covenant of grace was inaugurated through Pentecost. And it is the only way into grace. It's the only way into the covenant is that first fire. It's got to be the first fire. I don't want the fires of my own desire. I don't want the fires of somebody else's teaching or preaching. I want the fire of God's Spirit inside of me. We need the first fire. I'm here to tell you that no matter where you are on your journey of faith, God is at work in your life. But there is some places you can never go in relationship with God unless the first fires are lit by God's Spirit inside of your heart. In Acts chapter number 19, we find the Apostle Paul himself coming to Corinth and when he is there or excuse me into Ephesus in chapter number 19 in verse number 1 and it happened while Apollos was in Corinth that Paul having passed through the upper regions came to Ephesus and finding some disciples he said to them did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? 
So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. That's so Paul here is finding believers. They're believers in Jesus Christ. They were disciples of John. But they are preaching Jesus. And Paul looks at them and he asks them the question, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? He affirmed what they were already affirming, that they believe in Jesus Christ. They were not unbelievers in Jesus Christ. He he knew they were for they were preaching Jesus and he asked him if you have received the Holy Ghost since you believed I'm just here to help you understand because it's so important I don't want to go through ritualistic Christianity I don't want to go through my own routines and I don't mean to be mean because I do it myself at times but it's just not enough it's not enough enough for me to go through routines and rituals but I have got to for myself have the fire of God burning inside of me and he's looking at believers that are believing in Jesus and by doing so I would dare say are teaching the principles of Jesus of repentance and the principles of the kingdom of God that Jesus himself taught but when they were asked if they'd received the Spirit, they did not know if they had. Why? Because believing was a great part of it, but it wasn't the end of the story. Believing was as if you built an altar for God to work in your life. But I'm here to tell you I don't want my own fire on that altar. I need the fire of Jesus Christ. And so Paul asked him, well then how were you baptized? They were baptized to John. And so what did they do? They immediately were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's the first fire message of Acts chapter number 2. And Paul laid hands on them. Let's read it. I, I thought I read it, but I didn't. Let's continue to read. Verse number 4. Then Paul said, John indeed baptizes with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should should believe on him who would come after him. This is on Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. Here we find that these disciples of Jesus who had been disciples of John, they obeyed in baptism in Jesus name and they received the Holy Spirit and they spoke with tongues just like the first fire in the book of Acts chapter number 2. I'm just here to tell you that I'm not satisfied with anything less than what started this church. Not this church as in Portland Pentecostals but I'm not satisfied with anything less than what started 
the apostles' powerful transformation of our world through the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't want to go in my own power. I don't want to go in my own strength. And so I have decided that I need the first fire. I need the first fire. I need the fire of Jesus Christ. I need the fire of the Spirit of God. I'm just here. I pray to God. I believe that God wants to fill people with His Spirit. Speaking in tongues like He did in the book of Acts for the very first time. And others for the thousandth time. I don't care. But we've got to understand that we can't let the fire of God's presence and of His Spirit burn out. And somehow go through routine and not realize that we are not being prompted by the Spirit. We are not being empowered by the Spirit. We are not being strengthened by the Spirit. There's nothing else that will do but the first fire. In Leviticus chapter number 10, I'll just refer to it. You can read it on your own. They may even put it on the screen, and that's fine. But we find that the priests of God, they took a fire, and it's called strange fire. That These are these are two sons of Aaron. They took strange fire, and they offered incense before God. That strange fire is not detailed as to what that is, but I would say, say uh, that it's fire that didn't come uh, from the altar of God. Uh, It didn't come uh, from the source of God. Uh, It came from their own uh, ideas. Uh, And when they offered that strange fire to God, uh, God set a precedence. Uh, I'm thankful He doesn't do that very often anymore. Uh, But He struck them dead uh, in that moment uh, because He was letting them know uh, nothing uh, can substitute uh, my fire. If I don't like it, it's not good enough. If I'm not the one that fuels it, it's not good enough. Your routine isn't enough. Your righteousness is filthy rags without me. Your abilities are nothing without me. I must be the source of the fire within you. And I'm just here to say, let it fall in this house today. Let it fall in this house today if you stand in this place today. We're coming to a close. Jesus, I'm asking you to speak. I'm asking you to give witness to what your spirit is saying. Jesus, Lord, let it be, God, that this would not be of man's wisdom. It would not be, oh God, from lips of clay that are not sanctified by your Spirit. Jesus, I'm asking, Lord God, that there would be something arise in this congregation. And if it would rise in this congregation, it could spread across our world. 
and that what would rise would be a, a desire for the first fire to fall fresh in us, Lord Jesus. I won't be satisfied with anything less than you, God. I won't be satisfied with excitement of amazing music that's just fueled by our own passions. I won't be excited and satisfied with just preaching that's loud in decibel but not backed by the power of your spirit Jesus I won't be satisfied Lord God with rearranging my life in my own abilities in my own wisdom in my own strength looking at your word and trying to work it out in my own strength in my own wisdom but Jesus I need your spirit to be lit on the fires of the altar of my heart you know that nothing redemptive or spiritual is complete without God's holy fire on the altar of a believer's life God must ignite us with his fire through the Holy Spirit that's why Paul could say in Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Paul was saying, listen, just like Aaron took that sacrifice and he laid it on the altar and he let God consume it by his fire. He's inviting the believer to say, will you take your life, your plans and your will, your dignity, your hopes, your dreams, your reputation, your time, your money, and say, God, I put it all on the altar. And Lord Jesus, I'm leaving it there, and I want your fire to fall. I want your spirit to fall in my life. And everything that I am, and everything that I have, would now be underneath of the authority of your spirit, and the raging fire of your spirit would consume every impurity out of my heart and life. And all that would be left is a consecrated, sanctified, set-apart life that is being led by your Spirit to speak for you, to cast out devils in your name, to lay hands on the sick and see them recovered, to transform my life into the image of Jesus Christ. Why? Because I didn't light a fire of my own desires. I didn't light a fire of my own human passion, but I let God's fire fall on me. I'm about to read one last scripture and be done, but can I just be honest with you that there have been times and I don't think that I have been, I really don't believe, let me be honest with you, I don't, I was not, I was not lost from God. But there have been times where I've recognized that me doing things for God's kingdom has become about me more than it's been about God. 
where the passion inside of me to see somebody change has been about a, a feeling, a, a desire to be affirmed that I am a good believer. And I have had to lay that on the altar again and say, God, let your spirit consume out of me everything that's not of you. Because God, I can't change a, a person. I can maybe help somebody with 12 steps and see some change in their behavior. But the heart will never be transformed unless your spirit is activated in their life. And there's your spirit can only be activated if I am a part of that process. And God, I'm saying, let your fire fall. In Acts chapter number 4. As you know, I read this very often because it's so important. We find that the believers and the apostles have been lit with a fire of the Spirit. And they're going out and preaching Jesus and baptizing and healing people. And the miraculous is happening. But in the process came pressure as well and persecution. And the pressing in of all of the enemy of the world and of their own soul trying to intimidate them but in the middle of that they recognize that God we want your purpose done and so they prayed this prayer in chapter number 4 verse 29 now Lord look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus and when they had prayed the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness I'm opening this altar up, not just for the sinner, but the saint alike. And I would just invite you to pray a prayer such as that. Maybe different. Maybe there's some struggles and pressures you're feeling in your life. And you want to bring those to God. But say, God, let your first fire fall on me, God. I won't be satisfied with anything less than the Pentecostal fire of your spirit falling in me. Because, God, I am not here for a religious ritual, God. I'm not here to walk in my own strength, but Jesus, we need the fire of your spirit to fall. Let your fire fall, God. Lord, there's passion in my heart, but God, let it not be my own passion, but let it be, oh God, that your fire would fall in this place today, Jesus.